Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business X business radio x we are coming to you live from the subaru of gwinnett atlanta studio located in the beautiful Sinesta gwinnett place hotel atlanta in duluth georgia each week we plan to feature businesses in the atlanta area especially those that serve gwinnett county all businesses have security concerns though not all about physical security and we will touch on that we're going to focus on all aspects of security through the course of each show our guest today is Paula Hastings, a young lady that has uh, been extremely active in the uh, Gwinnett County area in her local community and works for a marketing firm. So those of you that are interested in maybe getting somebody to come and do your marketing or some of your special things that you want to give out and stuff like that, she's just the person to talk to. So, Paula, it's good to have you here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Let's start off with, tell us a little bit about Paula Hastings. What, Where you come from, what you do, how you got into what you're doing, and just a little bit about Paula. So, a little bit about Paula. Um, I'm originally from South Carolina. Um, grew up in a very small town. Grew up on a farm, actually. Um, and then made it to the big city of Atlanta. Um, I've been married to my husband, Scott, for nearly 25 years. He graduated of Brookwood. Um, we live in the Collins Hill community, and uh, we've raised our son there, K-12, Collins Hill, public school system, um, and, and that. So basically where I am today began with just wanting to be a mom making a difference, wanted to um, be very involved in my son's schools, and... From there, um, I became very involved with land use in the area, meaning rezonings that were happening in the community. And um, someone reached out to me about inappropriate zonings. Long story short, um, just getting involved with commissioners, trying to make a difference in the community. And um, that led to several appointments um, throughout. Um, you know, went through Leadership Gwinnett, um, wanted to be part of that to make those connections in the community. And um, it's just been a, a great journey ever since. So. Well, we all know about Leadership Gwinnett, <laughs> yes. especially the class of 2014. That was the best class ever. Well, 2005, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, tell us exactly what does a full-service marketing firm actually do? So Accent Creative Group, we're in downtown Lawrenceville, an old historic home. Um, so we are a boutique marketing firm who specializes in branding, um, marketing, of course, PR. We work with um, CVBs, Conventions Visitor Bureaus. We do a lot with tourism. We do a lot with municipalities, with uh, various municipalities um, being created. We have helped with their branding, and that Peachtree Corners is one to kind of point to that you see their great branding all across the board, and we won some awards for that. Um, we also do events. A um, lot for everything from ribbon cuttings to the science fair, Wickernet County Science Fair, which is the largest science fair in the state. Um, about uh, around 800 take part in that every February, and that begins at 6 a.m. in the morning to around 10 p.m. at night. So long day. Yeah, very long day. Ever infinite energy, and uh, so you know many different things um, that that we branch out into. Um, just you know 
some working with some small firms to again some large municipalities as well as state um, organizations and CBBs. Explore Gwinnett, um, Explore Georgia, um, as well as others. So if I wanted to, if I was a business, which I am, and I wanted mm-hmm. to get some little things to give out <laughs> that say Paradigm Security on it, then that's who I would come to. Would be yes. To we do, yes, we do promo items um, as well, custom promo items. I brought a couple this morning, and I have actually one about to be delivered, um, where we can customize that um, to get your name out there. And uh, this is an office on a box, which sits on people's desk. And uh, it's just one of those great little things to keep in your car, keep on your desk, um, whatever the case is, that just keeps you top of mind. We do amazing pens. This is my favorite pen. Um as, as well as many other things. We can go anywhere from, um, from your shirts, your logos, um, anywhere across the board. And this great little um, I, promo item that was just delivered, look, this was live on, uh, on radio. This is one of my favorites. It's a Magic 8-Ball that um, it has our logo on it and literally goes back to the old school of uh, the Magic 8-Ball that you can sit on your desk and ask questions. Oh, of. like uh, yeah. no, not now and... No, no, no. And, and maybe and try again later. <laughs> got, got that. Well, yes. I'm familiar with that part. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit more about the events side of your firm. So um, as I mentioned, we do everything from ribbon cuttings. I just did a, um, a memorial plaque dedication downtown Lawrenceville yesterday. And um, and that was something that we brought together, the city as well as family members that had contributed um, to make this event possible. Um, again, Science Fair, we help with the um, Gwinnett Medical Women's Wellness Fair that um, was actually also at Infinite Energy. Um, so lots of, you know, large and small um, events that we do, um, but everywhere, customize it to whatever um, our clients may need. And you're not located basically Gwinnett. You're located all over the state, metro area. Absolutely. And um, and that's one thing people get pigeonholed that they think we are just Gwinnett, and, and we're not. Um, and especially with the tourism industry, we've branched out more into the southeast even now, um, working some with STS, which is South, Southeast Tourism Society, um, getting to help those folks as well and being involved with the tourism side. So really, y'all have got your marketing fingers into a lot of different areas. Absolutely. Again, everything from municipalities to tourism, um, you know, we help CPAs, we help firms such as yours um, get your message out there, and uh, we even help with CIDs, we help with the government, um, many different ways, yeah. Well, it sounds fantastic. I'm kind of curious, you've got a title of Community Relations Social Butterfly. What does that uh, kind of a fun title encompass? Hmm. So um, I guess my official title is community relations, but because we are a marketing firm and we like to put a fun spin on everything, we all have a different um, fun title. Mine is Social Butterfly, and that's because I do sit on many boards. Um, I serve on many committees, leadership going out again, um, multiple committees with that. Um, I've served in various capacities on the initial board for Partnership Gwinnett, um, uh I'm trying to think of all the great exchange for transportation, various different ways. So I'm in many different um, meetings, social events, that sort of thing, not just representing Accent Creative Group, but bringing a different perspective to the board. It's not just the business community. It's also from um, the community side to be able to, you know, let people know that there's – bring 
a different um, face to the table. So um, that's kind of where it came from. And, um, you know, and we can talk about this later, but I was also um, a planning commissioner for years. And so that part brings a different perspective to Accent Creative Group whenever we have to deal with governmental procedures that um, I'm very familiar with as well. So the social part of it um, is one um, part of it, but community relations is very much what I do. So, Well, you I, talked about the planning commission. What kind of things, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about, you know, the planning commission here in Gwinnett County mm-hmm. and what kind of things y'all do, what you actually consider uh, from what approach you come at it. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your the time that you spent on the Planning Commission? I know you've just left it sure. uh, for reasons that we'll talk about later, but I know that uh, you were very active in the Planning Commission. Yes, um, absolutely a labor of love. And um, collectively, my first stint was for six years and um, just most recently for a little over three and a half working um, as an appointee for Commissioner Jace Brooks. So a planning commissioner, a lot of people do and do not know what they do. Um, Whenever a rezoning application is made to the county, there are four steps that happen with that. And, um, And a rezoning could be anywhere from a change in conditions on a property, a special use permit, which actually one um, was in the news from last night, um, even though I wasn't part of that one. But basically, um, an applicant comes in, and they present their case to the planning department. They make application. Then the county staff makes This their is for their use of the property that they're wanting exact. to get rezoned? Yeah, it could be rezoned again. It could be just a special use permit on an existing zoning that um, exists on the property. And whenever when we say a rezoning you're basically creating laws that go with the life of that property and so say you owned a piece of RA 200 property which is um which is rural agricultural um with 200 foot large lots and you wanted to have it rezoned to say an R75 which means you want to have smaller lots build houses to build houses that that would be um and then there's also the business side of it um if you wanted to have a commercial zoning that sort of thing so you would come in and make your application of what you wanted staff would make their recommendation which is a very detailed it gives the history of the property how long it's been zoned what conditions currently exist, um, what the UDO, which is Unified um, Development Ordinance in the county, calls for for the future land use, and then they make their recommendation. And that usually involves conditions, like I said, which are um, basically the laws that go along with the property. So as a planning commissioner, you take that information, you take feedback that you get from the community, and then you make a recommendation. Um, The planning commission is a recommending body only, but it's an advisory board to the board of commissioners. Um, All nine are appointed by the commissioners. Each district gets two. The chairman gets one at large. And um, whenever I was serving, I was the only woman on the, um, the, the body of nine, um, which was really interesting and, and, and impactful, I think. And it brought a lot, again, a different um, um, perspective. Piece, perspective to the table. So we would make our recommendations. Our job is really to get it in a really good place that by the time it gets to the commissioners, they have very little work that they have to do on it. Um, that it is in a good place. And so finally, when it does get to the Board of Commissioners, they are the ones who make the final action on it, which lays the ground, what the conditions are on the property, again, which is the law that goes with the land. So this comes to the commission with a recommendation to or not to? or Absolutely. So um, it would be, let's just say, a motion would be make a motion to approve, um, to approve CIC 2018-0011. I'm just making that one up. But... Um, 
with staff's conditions with the following changes. And so you go in and you make those changes. A lot of them have to relate to transportation, has to do with um, your egress, your entrances, um, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of times eliminating entrances off of a busy road that, that the community um, that staff may not realize is an issue, but the community comes to you and says, look, that this is a traffic nightmare, the sight of distance, it's a dangerous, we need the entrance to be on a different one. So those are the things you take into perspective um, to be able to put on that. Well, how hard is it how, of a process to pull together an application and actually go through the submission process? So that's really easy. Um, typically, an applicant will hire either a land use attorney or someone, an engineer, who is familiar with the process. And so that's pretty basic. I think it's maybe a four or five pages, um, and you lay out, you know, why you think that this should be rezoned, what your plan is, and quite frankly, a lot of times a developer will come in with their highest and best and pie-in-the-sky expectation or request when the reality is by the time it actually, the Board of Commissioners takes action, it has changed drastically. And that's because the community has had that involvement and um, in their say. And then the Planning Commissioners work through that process. It is not unusual to have multiple community meetings so that folks have their say and it's in an informal environment versus when they're in the official um, Robert's Rules of Order setting, which gives you limitations on times for both sides. So when you have those community meetings, that's the great time that a allows people to have their say in a very respectful but very open and honest dialogue. So once they've done all that, you know, they can basically ask for like the negotiating tool, ask for pie, ask for the high and yes settle somewhere down it's it's not unusual again to ask for the moon moon, absolutely that they want uh this high density development and then through the process you know you look at what the around the surrounding land use is and is it appropriate and then you go from let's say you know they wanted townhomes to by the time the, the end of the process they've gotten an r100 which means a much less dense um, community. And just because it's less dense um, or even more dense doesn't mean it's a lesser product. You put conditions on it, such as the aesthetics, um, what the amenities are going to be in the community. All of those things bring up the property value. So a lot of it is based on what's surrounding it and the, the atmosphere of the neighborhoods. Absolutely. And I, all that's taken into account. Yes, and, and I'll give you a very literal for instance. We, um, in my neighborhood that I live in, homes are going for around $300,000 right now in rising. Um and most, basically, most of the neighborhoods on that road, and it's Rock Springs Road, I don't mind sharing that, um, are kind of the same. Well, just across the street, there's about um, six, four, no, excuse me, a little four over acres. And they came asking for just a variance. And so I just wanted to make sure that it was going to be something, that this development was going to be very similar to our neighborhood, nothing lower. Well, to their credit, they've come in with a very slight variance, just wanting to reduce the size of one lot, and these homes are now being marketed for $599,000. Wow, that helps the property values. Absolutely. And, you know, to their credit, they didn't come in and asking for um, something lower end, as a lot of these folks do. So that's very encouraging to see where that trend is heading in the county as well. Absolutely. Well, I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of the operations in the community improvement districts, the CIDs, they have to deal with the zoning and stuff. So how does the zoning committee interact with CIDs? What, how, how do they affect them? That's a very good question. Well, 
Um, first of all, we're very involved with them just because of, like you said, their zonings that are going on and their visioning. I've been part of Gwinnett Place, um, CID's visioning, for several, several years. As we all know, the challenges that they've had and the potential that it has. Um, but if a rezoning were to come up in a CID, they typically do not take an official position. Um, but I do reach out to the directors and have a conversation do you think that this is um, a good use for the community? Do you what What are the challenges you see? Um, because again, a lot of times these are businesses, and the businesses don't typically get involved with any sort of position one way or the other. However, we do need to take into consideration what that's going to look like to the community. So, um, so where we do work very closely with them, they typically don't take up an official position because they they want everybody to play in the sandbox very well and be part and welcome them into the community. So. Well, it has to be it has to be good for the community or you know, it can't be good for one person Absolutely. or uh, one group or one business. It's got to be something that fits so that everybody maybe everybody's not happy but everybody can live with it. Absolutely. And everybody can agree to disagree at the end of the day, but we have to be respectful about it. Well, you know, and the CIDs are play an awfully important part in the community with regards to the revitalization efforts and mm-hmm. and and all of that that goes on with the community through the building process. So it sounds like you've taken all of your care for your community, care for your neighborhood, your your community involvement and taking it into pretty much whatever you do whether it be with Accent or with the planning commission you were there. Which brings me to another thing, you know, you've kind of started looking at the, uh, well, not even kind of started, you've, you've started a process of looking to, to get into politics, <laughs> and why, I don't know, God bless you, <laughs> um, but you know, there's a lot of people nowadays that are afraid to get into that, because, you know, everybody, everybody wants to talk bad about everybody else that's not on their side, and so, you know, tell me a little bit about what, if any, legislative experience that you do have and, and how that plays into the community caring sure. that you have. Absolutely. Um, let me back up a little bit from what you just said. Um, kind of, as I was saying, everything that I've done, I've just kind of fallen into. And it's been because of the care that I have had for the community. And it's just kind of making those relationships, as you know, are very important. And so through that process, um, I was PTA legislative chair for all three of my son's PTAs, um, his schools, through the Collins Hill Cluster. And by doing that, I made friends with Buzz Brockway, who is our current um, House representative for House 102, because every time I, you know, as we all know, Facebook um, and whatever, the social media takes on a life of its own. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. So as issues would come um, down at the General Assembly, all of a sudden, you know, it would blow up on Facebook. And I would see people that I know are very logical, you know, well-minded and and well-thought-of people that would just take a stance. And I knew that they did not have all the facts. So I would get with Representative Brockway and say, can you come over and have a community meeting? Let's talk about this. And again, it was end up to be very different than than this life it had taken on on social media. Trying to get the right information out instead of mis or disinformation. Absolutely, and because we can all deal with facts, I can't deal with the fiction and the drama. And so, that's why we've just had this very common sense approach um, with him. So um, that's that's part of my legislative experience, um, as well as the very first committee I was ever appointed to. Um, years and years and years ago, whenever I got on it, of course, I wanted to see, well, what does this committee do? It was the Arts Facility Authority, which may or may not exist at this point. But um, 
whenever I got del- started delving into the bylaws and what they could do, what their powers were, they could only meet twice a year. And I knew you were never going to be able to get anything done. So I began the process to have legislation changed so that we could meet six times a year, which, of course, every other month, and had that law change. So, you know, other than the PTA legislative experience lobbying in that, I did. I was able to change that law, um, as well as lobbying the commissioners before, well before I was ever a planning commissioner for 116 acres in, um, in the Collins Hill area to relieve Collins Hill Park overcrowding. We had overlay fields. We had we had no soccer fields. My son had to, um, now he's 20, so this shows you how long ago this was. It's six. He was having to go to George Pierce Park to play soccer. Um, and we just, we needed so much. Well, there was one large parcel left, and, and it was affectionately known as the horse farm. And so it was going to be 550 plus homes. And I was working with a developer. I said, you know, I'm working in good faith with you to make this the best 550-plus home development, but I'm also lobbying the commissioners because we need to buy this property to relieve the overcrowding. So sure enough, through that, and it was a long process as well, so short, just before the rezoning was to happen, the commissioners voted, and they approved to purchase that park, that land for the park. And um, so that's one of my favorite stories to talk about and even though that's not legislative experience it's a lobbying experience so i know how that process works and um and that's so. well it's important to know that process mm-hmm. because the lobbyists are coming at you when sure. you're in the legislature and you have to know mm-hmm. how to f- how to filter through the bull and and find out the truth and really figure out what their agenda is because everybody's got an agenda absolutely and it's not always the agenda that they talk about and, which is and important exactly and that's part of the planning commission too is um so the developer basically their representative whoever that case is they're actually lobbying they're lobbying the community they're lobbying the planning commissioners they're they're trying to get their point across and make it sellable and you have to of course like you said you have to look through and go okay I understand what you're saying there, but this is what the do you reality. really mean? Exactly, and, <laughs> and and be able to read that, and that's where my consensus building, I think, has really been um, helpful, and um, I think will be a viable asset to bring it be able to take to the Gold Dome. And I guess we need clarification. That's um, Buzz Brockway has vacated that seat. Um, he made a run for Secretary of State, and unfortunately, did not make it to the runoff. Um, still, great guy, and still very yes, much going to be is. involved. Yes, and. Again, I've worked with, with him um, for years, big shoes to fill. I just keep think, saying, I'm not going to fill his shoes. I'm just going to put on my pair of high heels and, and go do, have different shoes. Um, but just won my runoff, luckily, last um, two weeks ago yesterday, and uh, have a general election in November that I'm looking forward to um, being able to succeed there. Well, we're, uh, and we're going to talk about it. Let me ask you, you know, you, you, you said you'd worked with Buzz a lot. What, can, what different areas have you worked with Buzz Brockway in in the past when he was in uh, representing the House District 102? So main thing, um, as you know, um, soccer moms, PTA moms, tennis moms, all of those moms, they schools are are foremost on their on their minds as my, as it was for mine as, as well. It should be, and it still is. And um, and even people with their kids um, out of school, they need to remember strong schools are strong property values values and strong communities. So um, I still even serve on the Collins Hill Education Foundation and st- two school councils because of exactly that reason. So um, mainly, whenever the charter school amendments um, would come up or legislation would come up, 
that's where Buzz would um, would step in and be part of. And he also, anytime I asked him to attend an event at one of the schools, whether it was a sporting event, um, whether it was a speaker at one of the middle schools, whatever the case is, he was always there. And um, and I, I I dare say he still will be there. Um, I think it's. He's just going to step into um, a new role. Right now he is working on Marcy's Law, which is an advocacy that they will be on the ballot in, in November as well. Um, that I've been seeing a lot of his activity on Marcy's Law, absolutely. which I'm 100% in favor of. Yes, and I, I, I think about 90% are, and I don't know who that other 10% are. Um, I don't want to go find them. but uh, So he, I think he'll be doing many roles such as that um, in the community as well. Well, I am so glad that he's going to stay involved because he's been a very important important part of this county and this district and uh, really the whole metro area and stuff that he's done has just been phenomenal some of the stuff he's accomplished absolutely I know that um, you know there's a lot of talk about transportation and um, MARTA Mm -hmm. and just getting transportation I know that's an awfully big issue Uh, do you have any you know I won't ask you your position (laughs) on them because that wouldn't be fair to you just on the spot but what are your thoughts in general on the transportation? So obviously we do have a transportation issue, and I think um, it's not even the elephant in the room anymore. I, 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 it's a bipartisan, nonpartisan, across-the-board issue. Um, what that looks like to every individual seems to be a very different um, question. And um, so I will say this about MARTA. Um, we need to stop thinking of MARTA as that dirty little word. Um, MARTA is not all heavy rail. We need to look at it from the various different components that that could look like. Um, I like to think of it more as transit. We we need to look at BRT, which is bus rapid transit, um, and various other ways that we can move ourselves around, not just the county but the region as a whole, because we are that is part of the economic um, development component that we've got to consider. I will say this about MARTA because it's so recent and top of mind. Um, the referendum that the commissioners voted on last week, they um, do have a contract that they have voted on to approve. They did move the referendum to March. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of pushback from folks who have said that that's going to take away the vote. And I, and I disagree with that. I think for those people that are passionate on either side, are absolutely going to come back out in March. Absolutely. And I realize there's a cost that's associated with it of around $500,000. But in the scheme of things, when we're talking about the billions of dollars that's going to be needed eventually down the road, $500,000 is nothing to make sure we have a good transit um, project and plan. And then we make sure that every voice has heard about this and understands it. And not for it to be crossed up in a partisan race in November. And so I think I, I like it being a standalone issue. Well, there just needs to be more education. The word getting out for the for the facts that are revolving around it, because one of the things that Gwinnett desperately needs is something to resolve this transit. Yes. Uh, we've got farm, a lot of people that would like to move here, a lot of con- uh, huge companies that would like to be in Gwinnett County. Mm-hmm. A lot of the holdback is the ability to have some type of transportation, especially for this millennial types that that use the transportation. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's part of it. And you know, all of that's part of the conversation. And what does that look like? Um, again, you know, I, I think a lot of people have in their minds, back to your point of the education, that you know, my child goes to Georgia State. We need transit so that that they can get down there. Boom, lickety split. 
that's not going to happen tomorrow. We're, we're talking about years down the road. Absolutely. But it has to start. And it has to be a starting point somewhere. Absolutely. And I, I will say this. Um, Chairman Nash, she worked so hard this last legislative session to make sure that there was a good plan in place. She did not do that for, you know, just to waste time. Um, I do think there's vision moving forward. And um, I'm not going to speak to to Chairman Nash's um, exactly what that thought process is. But I will tell you that there's been so many conversations and so much due diligence. This isn't for naught. This is to move the county forward and keep that economic um, engine. Well, I know she's worked very, very, very hard and diligently on getting this thing resolved and getting something moving forward in the transportation Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Well, let's just ask the hard question here and see if you can really get an answer out. Now, we talked a while ago about everybody having an agenda. <laughs> so do you have an agenda if you happen to get elected, which I'm, you know, <laughs> I won't say one way or the other whether you will or not. I've got my thoughts. But let's just say you do get elected in November. Do you have an agenda? So that's a very good question, and, and it's a really easy answer. Um, first of all, I have many issues that I want to work on. School, obviously. Um, I'm a big fan. My son, public, K-12. Um, but I, I realize there needs to be other options for other folks. Transportation, we just talked about that. Law enforcement, cracking down on gangs, which well, that's a whole other um, session we can talk about another day. Lowering taxes, et cetera. But as far as my personal agenda, it's really just to bring a common sense approach um, to the Capitol. There are so many different issues that will come my way, um, everyone's way. Decisions we make here in Gwinnett affect South Georgia. And um, I just want to be able to bring, you know. And vice versa. A- absolutely. And people don't realize rural Georgia, their issues are broadband. They're, those kids do not have Internet when they go home at night. Um, if you don't think I could take that seriously, being a small-town South Carolina girl, absolutely I do. And I, and I feel that. And, and I want to work toward, towards that. But, of course, I'm going to work out, um, watch out for my constituents as well. First and foremost, in Gwinnett County as a whole. So just those experiences I've had here in Gwinnett on various boards, committees, you know, initiatives, just bring that common sense. That's my agenda is just to do what's good for the county, what's good for the state, and keep moving it forward um, and economically. And small businesses are just as important as the large large corporations because we're out there working very hard to not only support ourselves, our employees, but also to give back to the community. Well, it sounds like you've brought a lot of personal life experience with you as you take this path down another career, (laughs) if you will. Hopefully it won't be a career because for far too many of them it's a career and they're just looking to find a job that pays well and then they can stay there. Absolutely. But uh, knowing you as I do, I, I feel confident that that's not your not your direction it's a matter of getting in there helping doing what you can do and then moving on to something new eventually so and we'll see what that is because yeah, again yeah, nothing I've, I've gone after is this none of this is, is anything I've sought it's just nothing happened. has been expected exactly so exactly. well let me ask you this if somebody wants to get in touch with you or your campaign or talk to you about the stuff with zoning or accent marketing and media and mm-hmm. all that how do they do that? Let's start out with Accent. How do they get in touch? Absolutely. Um, Paula, P-A-U-L-A, at Accent, A-C-C-E-N-T, creativegroup.com. And my personal cell phone number is my business number. Um, we do have an office number. It's 404-290-3764. Please call me on my cell. Text me if my um, voicemail is full. Um, also, my personal email is phastings, with an S, 98 at gmail.com. 
And, um, you know, votepaulahastings.com is my um, my campaign um, website. And, um, of course, accentcreativegroup.com is our website. So go learn all about our company, all the great things we do, and, um, and the various folks we have and our, our involvement in the community and what we do to give back. So you're all, so bottom line is you're always looking for new business, you're Absolutely. always looking for new votes, and you're always looking for money. <laughs> we, all of the above and, and great relationships to, to bring the great synergy around Gwinnett that we do. Well, I want to thank you, Paula, for joining us on Case in Point. Thank you. And thank everybody else for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com and clicking on the Gwinnett Studio and then click on Case in Point. So join us next week and we'll bring somebody else interesting in here to have a talk with you. Watch my Facebook, watch my uh, Twitter account, whatever, and we'll get you the information out there as to who's going to be in here next week. And I want to thank you again, Paula, for being here and for our producers, Mike and Trey. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security, we cover more than just your assets.